Hello, everyone. I'm Darian Gold, and welcome to All Things Pilates Season 5. There is a collective fascination with Joe Pilates, his method and inventions. The exercise paradigm continues to evolve, as does our understanding of Joe's genius. So join us, because we know there is always more to explore. There has been a flurry of published Pilates manuals coming out of Germany, and more specifically authored by a Pilates instructor named Reiner Greutenhaus. As a Pilates studio owner, Reiner recognized a need to document Joe's method in all of its heritage. Reiner has published a number of books, including the well-received biography of Carola Trier, one of Joe's most talented students. Reiner is here to tell us more about his research and projects. Hello, Reiner. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Darian. Thank you so much, really. Reiner, from the beginning, we got to start at the beginning. When did you start your Pilates education? My, my first contact with Pilates was 2005. And that was mainly via DVDs. And then uh, um, some Pilates lessons at the company I worked at. And then quite quickly from there, and you loved it, of, obviously. I loved it, yeah. And I mean, it was uh, like from my Kung Fu background. So I had some years where I had done nothing with my body. So I was getting bigger and stiffer, like my body type somehow. I'm, my muscles always tend to, you know, shrink. <laughs> my my uh, fascia seems to be more of the side of, yeah, getting a little bit more denser. So I, when I do not move, I'm kind of getting stuck in my body. So I needed some, some movement. And then when I um, uh, met my really first Pilates teacher uh, and did some private study, I immediately asked him, where did you learn? He said, yeah, I'm, I, I came from Basi, here and there. And I said, okay, where can I sign up? So I signed up basically, I think 2009 for um, getting the mat education. First. This is Basi. This is Rael. Yeah, Ray, Ray, yeah, but in Germany, the German arm. So uh, doing education in Germany. So it took a while for them to to organize a course at that time, at least. And uh, I was very, very lucky because I had amazing teachers there. And in 2010, I started my journey then. And it was from beginning then because I switched in between to say I'm doing the full comprehensive because I already started to buy me equipment for home use. So I felt like, no, I need to do the full Monty. And I was very lucky because there, the course for the mat was very full. But on the apparatus, we were like, sometimes I was alone. Sometimes we were two or three people. And it was brilliant that they anyhow did it. And uh, so I had the, you know, undivided attention uh, of my educator. Um, so shout out to Miriam Friedrich Honorio, who was my first educator and amazing. Uh, he really helped me to, to understand the method right from the start. She's a dancer. So she also had her background and a gyrotonic, gyrokinesis master teacher. So she kind of had her 
also brought a perspective from the beginning to what she wanted to teach us. So it was really, really helpful. So 2010, and then uh, I was so hooked that I, uh, I, I really felt I need to give up my career uh, in marketing. And, Did you tell uh, your wife? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I created a business plan. <laughs> I created a business plan saying, you know, darling, it might be not the same money. <laughs> as before, but here is a plan, what we could try or what I could achieve maybe. And uh, so, yeah, she went, luckily she went uh, along and, and, and yeah, I, I started uh, two years later, my own studio. So 2012. That was a leap of faith though. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was, but you know, first of all, after my study, after I become a master of psychology, I did my master in uh, in Germany, Bamberg, Diplompsychologe at that time it was called. I was not so, uh, I, I had very good grades, but at the same time, I think my personality was a little bit off maybe at that time. I don't know, <laughs> but it was very hard for me to find a job, maybe also because I didn't know exactly what I was looking for. So I had done uh, a lot of apprenticeships uh, in different areas of psychology, but I wasn't so sure what to do with it. And then I opened first the Kung Fu school because my Kung Fu teacher at that time said, Rainer, I was teaching already at that time. And he said to me, why don't you open a Kung Fu school? So in your hometown. So I opened this up and half a year later, I got a job, which I really liked at a, a public relation company doing um, psychological studies there for them. And I had two jobs at the same time. Then I had a Kung Fu school in the night and during the day, a day-to-day -day job, you know, so... I kind of uh, um, already knew what it was to have your own studio. Kung Fu school studio, I would say it's comparable in that way that you have private customers, you have group classes, you have equipment. So I already knew what... You had a little bit of background. Yes, yes. A little bit of experience, I would say, with, with what to do and what not to do and what might happen and how clients might uh, yeah, change over time and your relationship with them. When you went through your certification program, hmm. this is the German arm of the BASI. Mm -hmm. Were there manuals for you at that time? Oh, yes. Very good manuals. Yes. I And huh, I have to be honest. I'm not sure. I think the teacher education program was already completely translated. I'm not so sure about the other manuals, but there were manuals for every piece of equipment, including even the armchair. So it was... Quite, quite a chunk. So um, at that time, I, I think I counted it shy of 300 exercises over the whole thing. So 10 modules and then the hospitation and this own teacher experience and all the classes you had to sign up. So yeah, it was a full comprehensive. And you had that seed already in your brain, probably like, oh, I could have done a better job. Maybe there's a very funny story. Okay. <laughs> okay. So no, at that time, not. And, and, uh, you know, Siri Dama Galliano, um, I mean, she, uh, there was a forum at that time and I was very much into learning everything I could learn. And Siri, uh, in 2011, there was a conference in Germany, quite close to me in Joseph Pilates hometown. And which is the name. The name is. Mönchengladbach. Actually, Gladbach was, but it, they came together later. 
So these two cities, like with my town, coming together. So today we call it Mönchengladbach. But back then... Was Gladbach. Anyhow, in this conference, I met I met a, a descendant nobody knows of, uh, at least with the name of Mr. Pilates. And Pilates Style magazine uh, asked me to write a little bit about the conference. And then in this forum, Siri uh, said... And you will see this guy who then now is doing this, he will do certifications and he will write manuals. And I was like, no, I would never do that. <laughs> I was like shocked and I, I completely said, no, why is she writing stuff like that? And it, she didn't mean it in a positive way back then. <laughs> is <laughs> she least, ever? You know, she had a, she obviously has a prophecy eye, you know, so she's kind of, yeah. That's dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. Very. Anyhow, so, you know, I went to this certification, but then Rail did this thing where he worked together with Balanced Body on this equipment, the, the Avalon stuff. This was for this armchair, ladder barrel combination. I had these manuals. We hadn't been trained at that time on those, but I wanted to learn. So I bought them from them and I was looking at them. And then there came a lot of questions for me. Because, you know, I did not have a mentor teaching it to me and explaining it to me. So I had to find out what does he want to tell me with this manual. And with that, I started to send them questions. And at that point, it was possible to directly reach out to Rail. We, we had written about my studio and the naming of my studio was so kind, impressively, really, because I had like, Oh, Rael, what do you think? Should I name it Soul of Pilates or Pilates Powers? What are your thoughts about that? And he was so kind, answering all my questions. And at a certain point, he, he wrote an email saying, you know, this guy, because I was pointing out some mistakes which were in the manual, he, he said to, to the, the woman in charge of the one, you, you should really make a group together with Reiner because he seems to know our manuals even better than we are. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, you know, there was a glimpse of I might be into yes. maybe something to be very detailed and oriented in trying to, they should come across standing on their own, you know, I should read it and be able to deduct what the person tries to tell me, but not with your first manuals. I was very, very happy with the manuals I got and the explanations I got. Also, Rail had at that time this, um, I don't think it exists any longer, but at that time they had this shared platform with Polestar. It was called Pilates Intel. And for every exercise, they had a video. Oh, wow. With a Rael, with Rael explaining in detail what he wanted you to get out of the exercise. So, and I was training with these videos all the time. So I kind of created a queue saying, this is the program I want to do today. So I had constantly his voice in my ear, a little bit like, what is there now on the market also on the classical side? So there, there's also a, the option of having all the only audio, right? To, to, and train with the audio. Oh, I, I'm not yeah. sure I know about that. And why, do you, why would you point out classical in terms of this? No, because this, this uh, I, I'm so sorry that I, I, I know it, Clara Dunphy. Oh, Claire. Yeah, and she has this, isn't it called Avatar or something like yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. There you go. There you go. Yes. There. Yes. That's the reason why I'm mentioning it, because I think it's it's actually brilliant. The idea is brilliant to have a headset and then yes. have a very good teacher to cue you, you know? Because, I mean, as a teachers, we, we, we rely on that our um, students over time understand what we want from them. 
<laughs> and we just do this or yeah and we just kind of and they know what we want right so they are yeah but if you are learning this stuff if you're trying to to understand in-depth things you need either somebody to tactile in queuing you or if you're an audio person like me and i'm very much into audio i like to listen also and yeah that's i think it's a great idea so i actually bought i think two three classes from her website i'm so sorry that i wasn't no that's okay i should know too because we went through the program together at the same time we were sort of the rebellious two we sort of got into trouble and we were a little on the naughty side but <laughs> she's, she's fantastic she is fantastic she is fantastic and i, I approached her for one of my manuals because i read an article of her about the transitions and I asked her if it would be possible for her to allow me to use it with her name in my reformer manual and she she agreed and that's the transitions that that we learned from Romana between the exercises yeah the importance yes. of the transitions you know it's not the explanation of how to do them but more the importance of it's it it's very important which is kind of lost on this it's absolutely lost i agree yes yes yeah, yeah. People are waiting for the teacher to tell them what their next exercise instead of knowing what to do next and thinking about, okay, I need to bring this down, this down, this down, and now move efficiently to exactly. the next exercise, which and I love. And then let me ask you, yeah. is that incorporated in your manuals? Oh, silence. <laughs> I, I wish I could say yes. <laughs> I wish I could say yes, but I, I cannot. You know, I... I um. For example, for the reformer part one, which are the traditional exercises, I've put them in the order of a super advanced class, but written the other orders of basic, intermediate, advanced, in addition in the front with the page numbers. But to then actually say, if you take this order, the transitions would be, and if you take this order, the transition would be, I mean, it's already like 400 pages, you know? You have to stop somewhere. <laughs> but How long does it take you? To write a book? Yes. Two years. Okay. So yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's really a process. It's really a process. So, you know, I start off with trying to understand what I want, you know? So to, to what, what, is the, what is the amount of work I want to present? And it always then for me starts with, what do I know about what has Joe done? So watching all the videos, watching all the archival stuff, pictures, everything I can get my hands on and try to decipher. Then going back to the Romana syllabus and saying, okay, when I have talked to Brett, what did he tell me about these exercises? What did, you know, what did Moses tell me about this exercise? So trying to understand which exercises are there, which you can, I would say, assume that Ron, Eve, Carola, for example, yeah, then also had in their repertoire, which is then fantastic, though, for example, because Carola also then documented stuff, and you can then cross-reference and check, okay, I see this exercise on her photo, I see it on Joe's, they look very similar, they have the almost same name or not the same name. And you start to understand what should be in there. And then from there, I'd start to collect photos for each exercises 
And so kind of... Wait, so you collect photos. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching, for example, that can go in different ways. It depends a little bit on the book. For example, taking the spine corrector I'm working currently on, okay? So for that means I have asked students of mine to perform the exercises and I take photos of them doing the exercises. And then I have uh, uh, my manual already planned out in, okay, I will need 20 photos to document this exercise and I need only one angle to show it. But for example, if you take, the, take an exercise which uh, uh, is more common on, for example, Pilatesology, I might take a video of a good teacher screenshot those, crop them, put them in. And that at the end is then my kind of placeholder thingy to then when I when I meet with Time the photographer shoot. and the models at that day to say, okay, now we know exactly which positions we will need. Yeah. You know, so yeah, because You're storyboarding. You storyboard. Storyboarding. That's the word for it. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But then I start to write afterwards. So I'm not writing beforehand. So, and that is a difficult part because sometimes you feel like, mm, this photo does not represent exactly what I actually am writing at the moment. I'm writing, I want to have here a C-spine, okay, C-curve, but it doesn't look like a C-curve to me, what she's doing there or, or he's doing there. So then I sometimes have to go back and do reshoots. And for the Cadillac, for example, we had three reshoots at the end. Because you find the mistakes not on the day, because you have like, on this day, you produce 1,000 photos. You think they are brilliant. Do you use the same photographer? Yes. Yes, Miriam. Miriam uh, is, is Miriam Abels is, is the photographer for all, with the exception for the foot corrector, toe uh, corrector one, which I did myself. But yes, absolutely. But you know, she comes with a big camera. She comes with a lot of lightings and there's a lot of these uh, flashlights the whole day. So five flashlights at the same time going on. And then, yeah. And then she, she starts to work on cleaning the photos and everything. And then I get them, but then I feel like, hmm, this wall socket, I still don't like. So let me also. So for example, this Christmas, I sat there. I would say two to three weeks just cleaning photos, <laughs> just for the spine corrector, you see? And then the writing is the next part. And so you're writing, obviously, in your native language, but you also have the manuals in English and in Korean. All of them? No, no. So I write them in German. I tried for the spine corrector for the first time to start to write them in English first. But I found out it's impossible for me. It doesn't flow, you know, I, I'm kind of stuck. I'm sitting here and I cannot go through one exercise <laughs> without feeling like I, I don't have the words to describe what I want. So I started in German. Then when I have done the German version, I teach with a German version first. So I, I, I put it to practice. I go to my studio and I use it for my education. I have a weekly education program and the monthly education program. And I collect their inputs. So what I'm saying extra, which I haven't put in the manual so far, what is their feedback, you know? So that's the first. It's sort of like you're, you're quote unquote workshopping this project. 
That's what okay. they say here. Your workshop. Uh -huh. I, I don't know. That's how I think workshop even came into being. When you're workshopping, maybe it's more in the, the actor's field. I don't know. But if you're workshopping a project, most people understand that it's it's the process. You're trying to get the kinks out and figure out what works and what right, doesn't work. Exactly. And then I have co-authors, but they don't speak all German. So what I then have to do is I have to translate the whole thing in English first. And then luckily, lucky me, my, my, my friendly uh, co-authors like Suze, Muriel, they start to then read the stuff and give me feedback on it and tell me, you know, Rainer, they have different ways of working with me. So one person is giving me a lot of feedback about the English saying, what do you want to say? I don't understand a word of what you've written there. And then you go back to the drawing board and you start to have to rewrite it and, and send it to her, to her, the person. And to, I get the feedback of, now I understand it. Thank you. I was totally confused. And then the next one comes in and says, okay, but you know, you're missing this and this and this contraindication here. And you, you should absolutely put in this modification because I use it a lot. It's very helpful. And then sometimes I haven't ever heard about that modification of using the foam roller on the reformer for this because of the knee issue. I would have never thought. So I need to try it out first. <laughs> That's a lot of things going on. Then at a certain day, hopefully the English version is ready. Now I publish the English version, but now I have to go back to my German version because now the English version is better than the German version. And then I have to rewrite the German version once more. When I've done that, <laughs> it is ready for, yeah, it is ready. And then a nice uh, a Korean publisher, big shout out to them, asked me if they could publish my manuals. So they, they contacted me and um, while I'm self-publishing for all the other books, and that part, I have no idea about Korea. I, I don't speak the language. They kindly just paid me for the rights to publish them. Yeah. And uh, what a compliment out of all the manuals out there. Fantastic. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. I'm very lucky. So they published. Why stop a Korean? <laughs> Maybe it needs to be in every, your manuals need to be in every language. Pilates is everywhere I now. I agree, but you know, it's kind of difficult for me to take the Carola Trier, for example, okay? German, yeah, fine. English, fine. Then again, as I told you, there's the reiteration processes because I had then, after I published it, people who came to me and say, Rainer, that's amazing. But did you know that I was taught by, yeah, I didn't know. Okay, so let us talk. Wonderful. So, oh, wow, what a story. We have to put it in. So it grew. At the same time, a nice guy from Italy says, shouldn't we put it in Italian also? And I said, yes, for sure. And he translated the kind of first version of the English. We haven't still not done it in Italian because it is then, you know, it's a process. It's clunky. It's probably clunky right now. Yeah, and it needs, it needs a while. It needs a while. And then you need a person who really wants to do it properly. Because if it's not done properly, then too much is lost. Yes, all the nuances. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's the words mean a lot. But if you are not finding the right words and not the right phrases, people will not be able to connect it. And I'm very happy that, for example, my Korean publisher is working together now with the uh, school, Modern Pilates, in 
Korea who want to use it then for their education. So they will watch out very, very critically that it makes sense for them, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I always offer, uh, to be honest, also that when there is any question coming up, we're willing to discuss it. So, yeah. Let me ask you this. I don't know if this is PC. Well, you know, you can say whatever you want on here. We can swear. We can do whatever we, we want. What is PC? Oh, politically correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is an, a not a PC show, for sure. It so, sort of just struck me. What is it? that you think you offer in your manuals, in your approach that is perhaps lacking in all the other manuals. Hmm. And I know you mentioned about the size of the photos, that that's one thing that struck you. But what do you think you as a human hmm. and as someone who's, who's passionate about Joe's method, hmm. what is it that you are bringing out into the world that none of the other teachers mm. or companies have been able to do? <laughs> I don't think I would, wouldn't overestimate myself in that sense. Absolutely not. I mean, I think it's, it's more like that many manuals out there are showing their specific way of interpreting the exercises. No, so very often you find a manual and the manual tells you this is the way this exercise should be done. And, and it's fine, I mean, because they have all their backgrounds, yeah? So when I was with Basi, I learned a certain way Rael was interpreting the upstretch. Later on, I learned that other people wouldn't call this the upstretch. And that actually, for example, Kathy, my mentor, tell, tell Kathy Corey, she, she calls it the V-stretch which makes a lot of sense for me, that it's kind of like a preparation exercise, which makes sense. But for me, this is the point. I am offering, what I'm bringing to the table is, in my best of my abilities to try to understand what is the typical name and exercises called, what are the other names out there, what did Joe call it, and what is an interpretation of the exercise and I offer often more than one then. So like, for example, for the uh, stomach massage series, I put in also Crayola Trias or Chayer, as you say, uh, with the short box behind, yeah, so behind the back. And then in the modification variation area of my manual of this exercise, I also write many different ways you could actually look at this exercise or break it down or add or whatever. So I never intend to say this is the right way to do the exercise or the only way or it's even not my way. I would never dare to say um, that is my way of Pilates. Well, that is what I why I'm even asking you this question, because it's so obvious by what you're saying. That is what sets you apart. Because you are trying to synthesize all that you've learned to help future generations. You're doing it honestly, without ego, which is refreshing in this industry. And it comes across in all your manuals. And I wanted to ask you, how many manuals do you actually, how, how many have you published? I think I have to count them myself. So uh, I, 
I mean, it's it's the Wonder Chair, the Armchair, Cadillac One and Two, Reformer One and Two, uh, and a Foot Corrector, and uh, now Spine That's Corrector six. coming out. So seven. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, yeah, seven up to now, and eight is coming up. Yep. Yeah. So the spine corrector. The spine corrector. That means you have maybe at least fourteen more manuals to do. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> you better get your sleep. <laughs> yeah, but you know, also, I prefer to do it right. And I prefer to revisit my manuals and to rework them with what I've learned. So instead of saying, okay, what is coming after the spine corrector? For example, for the foot and toe corrector, I have done now a German version of it, which I think is fine. And I've translated it into English. But now Kathy, Kathy is, uh, Kathy Corey is coming over in May for a teacher education. So we will sit down together and work together on the English version. And the English version will be much better than the German version, you know? So, and then we have again this cycle. So I have to bring it back to the German version. So instead of saying, oh, I have to do the letter barrel, yeah, and jumping off to a new project, I want to get the things right so that people get the best things for their work instead of a thing. And you have a template online that you use now, I'm sure, for each book. You have a template that you use. Yeah, I, I, I kind of um, use the same template, unfortunately, in old desktop publishing program, which is no longer existing. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I'm set up for failure. But you know, no, the, don't I, I don't know, that. I don't know why this company, when they brought, they kind of archived the old program, which was great, did a new program, but the new program is not able to read the old files. That's annoying. So what I'm doing is I'm working with the old program because all my books are in there and I can open them just fine. For example, my, my Korean publisher gets all my books just as a high resolution PDF and they just put them in their desktop production program and can do everything in there with them. So it seems not to be a problem. I hope it will run at least, and I stay on Windows 10 <laughs> to make sure I can have, because I fear if I change to 11, that suddenly the program will stop working and I will be sitting here like crying. Yes, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> I do see that you have a manual on the jump board. But it's inside the Reformer Part 2, because the Reformer Part 1 are the traditional exercises. And part two is the exercises I would call modern. So things which came after Joe and which were not shared evenly under Romana and Eve Gentry and Carola, where you would say, now we are starting to something which might have come from second generation teachers who have then brought this in, in our method. And I'm trying to always then, because the, the question is what to put in. Yeah, you know, and I think I want only exercises to be in there, which makes sense for me to help people to get better, but at the same time also get better with the traditional exercises. Like, so for example, like Kathy Grant used to say before the hundred for her pre-pilates, I see it a little bit like that. So every exercise is 
exercise in part two, plus the jumper, is to help you to become better also in your Pilates practice. Some things are obvious, like a spinal wave or something, which is just a great movement, but at the same time, it makes you experience standing in front of the reformer, hands on, on either the carriage or the box with a light spring. And I mean, at the same time, people who have no understanding when they do their knee stretches about what is a curve and what is arch and how do I keep it, they kind of learn it there. It's easier for them there because they are standing on solid ground, you know, and, and, the, and that way, in that way, every exercise has an intention to help the body, but at the same time also at the end gives you the leeway to at least go to intermediate one day on the reformer. Yeah. And the jump board is then part because of Because those of us who danced, of course, how brilliant to be able to work on your petite allegro lying down on your back and not having to deal with gravity. So it, it's fantastic, but it also, it's dependent upon the thickness of the foam. You do want to create the floor sensation, but with padding. But if the jump board is too padded, hmm. that is very unsafe to do any kind of jumping that we might do in, in ballet class. Totally. I, I, yeah, I fully understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, that is kind of, a, the jump board chapter is short, is <laughs> shorter than usually. I think we, 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 at the beginning, we just explained that there are different kind of jump boards around. But again, we do not say, uh, me and my co-authors, this is the only right jumper. But I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's a very fine line of being too hard and too soft. But that's for all our equipment, kind of, you know? So I'm, as you, as you know, I'm at the moment collecting spine correctors as I collect foot correctors. So I just added one from Pilatus Legacy <laughs> this weekend to my collection. So for, for example, I have a, the exact same spine corrector form, like the Clara spine corrector from Balanced Body, but I have now the same one from a, a company in Italy, Pilates Factory. There are two things they changed. The foam is thicker. They've put in three centimeters of foam and the inclination. The incline. Uh -huh. The incline can be changed. So you can change the incline with this. One. And which company, which company is it's this? It's called Pilates Factory. It's a very nice guy called Luca. And he, um, his wife has a, has a Pilates studio in Milano. I don't think they are very classically oriented, to be honest, from the equipment I saw. But I bought this one on the FIBO this weekend. But, you know, now I'm sitting side by side, two times the exact same form, but with two densities of foam. And then you kind of try to figure out what happens. Yes. Yeah. With different people who come in my privates, what do they feel? How they respond. Where can they feel better? How do they respond? What are the muscles doing? And he even, he even, and that was nice because very often you do not find Pilates companies who produce equipment who actually are into Pilates because his wife is a Pilates teacher and he says he's his biggest critic. He was kind of asking me then about what I think about different foam densities. Great question. Yeah, great question. And with Murat Birkin um, from Pilar's Legacy, he was also at the FIBO in Cologne, uh, Germany. And 
we also discussed the density of his form because I, well, that was the first compliment I was giving him for his reformer was, wow, this form density just feels perfect. Yeah. And also it was on the Cadillac and we were discussing about what is exactly the right amount. And it is, it is a combination of the foam, but also the, the synthetic leather, because this also, if the thickness of that is different, for example, the Graz one seems to be, for me at least, always a little bit stiff from the thickness, but then the foam is a little bit soft. So they are creating the feeling they have with these combination. It seems to me that you can also go another way around and use a little thicker, denser foam, but then keep the, the thickness of the synthetic leather a little bit Thinner. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about some lesser known apparatus that you're aware of, and I guess Pilates nerds would be aware of, but the mainstream Pilates industry probably doesn't. And that is the junior reformer and the mini guillotine. Tell us about these two lesser known. Mm. First of all, I have to admit that I do not unfortunately own one of them. I am in talks with Techno Pilates since a while, since two years <laughs> with Paolo. Where are um, they? In Italy. Oh. In Italy. Techno Pilates. They are a traditional. So another Italian company. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> there are so many equipment companies. But this one, Techno is really, I know them since years. And he has a good name in the industry for traditional equipment already. He's, for example, one of them who is uh, producing these harness, the head harness. Uh, Joe has on many photos, you know, with the with the weight weights on the side. So it's one of the Anna Schaefer is the one that is ah Anna Schaefer, yeah, the video, yeah, wonderful, amazing, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he produced it, you know, so you can buy it from him, which is great. So I contacted him two years ago when I found of one of Jack Rappaport's photos, this mini guillotine, which is sitting right uh, uh, in the corner under his bust? Do you say bust? The torso with yes. his face? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, besides the divana, so besides the uh, um, reformer, which you can open and uh, there it sits and he's working with a client and I found this photo and asked him to clean it and everything. And then he published it on Facebook uh, later on also. And it's, it's amazing to see because it's in, you know, this guillotine balance body has brought out. Yeah. where they go back to this original design of having it in the room, but not installed on the ceiling. Right. And that is the that is the great thing about the mini guillotine of Joe. It is very easy. You can fold it together. It's not these big plates. It's very easy. And it's a, a telescope pipe, which can go up and down, but you can do exactly those tower exercises. Yes. You cannot do it the same way on the Cadillac. With it and you can even attach on the side springs so i hope paolo is listening to us and he knows i mean seriously i i'm working i sent him the photos again i told him paolo you know i i will be consistent we need to to have that for the for for, for the pilates world it would be amazing to, to finally again try it out yeah and he can send you one and showcase it at your studio yeah i mean I think a lot of people will want to test drive it then. And he's at many conferences, but I want to be one of the people helping him to m realize it. Because, you know, sometimes you need a nagging person to insist on 
we really need this. Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, it's a man, then it's a manual in the making. I, I would, I would think uh, it should be, I, I, I told him we should sell it with a small manual. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's another partnership. Yeah. You got to nudge him along a little bit more. I, I, I know, I know. He told me first that he does not want to send it with a manual. So I'm happy when it exists, you know, when it exists, people can buy it and experience it. And I mean, remember, Jack Rappaport was there one day and he asked and Joe said, yeah, what should I do? And he said, no, no, just do what you ever always do. So on that day, he went with a lady on that mini guillotine. He didn't even went to the big one. He went to this small piece of, and I think he wouldn't do it if he hadn't used it. You know, it was standing there. And it, I think it was one of his uh, uh, later inventions. Sort of like the armchair for people who maybe needed a lot of support, who didn't have that kind of bulk strength to handle the springs. Mm, I fully agree because on the photo, the lady has no springs. That is all, that's all core work right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I think we need it first so that we all can then try it out and get a better opinion about why he created it. And a deeper appreciation of how brilliant this man was. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And Reiner, yes. we are running out of time. Oops. No, really? Yes. <laughs> and, and we haven't talked about the foldable reformer, but then. Just look Christina yes. Maria Gada's videos on the open source, right? Because yes. she has one. Yes. And I mean, it's a, a Jerome uh, 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 Andrew, right? The, the, the guy who brought Pilates at least to France. And he, he then taught in Greek and had always this folder reformer in his summer vacations in, in Greece with him. So amazing, amazing story there. And I think it's, a, it's good to have it again, to have people who have, taking upon it to rebuild it and then we can experience what it was yes and then of course you need to have a manual <laughs> you're the manual man mm you're the mm <laughs> reiner how do people get to you how do they reach out to you i think I'm, I'm pretty available on on social media for example just with my name so if you type it in on facebook you will find me but also uh, I think on my Pilates Powers website, so Pilates uh, hyphen, I think is the word, right? The minus sign, uh, powers.de for Germany. They will find me. So, yeah. And also you have it in all your manuals, right? Your address? Absolutely. On, on the front, kind of on the, on the first side, you have even my, my mobile number. Oh. It's in there. Oh, absolutely. I insist. <laughs> If people want to call me, they should be able to call me. I, I don't want to hide behind something. It's really, please contact me and tell me. If, if, if I did something wrong, I want to rectify the mistake. For example, uh, thinking about Corolla Tree, right? When I found out that she was not the first woman uh, to open a Pilates studio, but that uh, she actually was the first one to open a Pilates studio, maybe in New York, the first woman, but not in the US, because there obviously have been women before. I have to rectify that. I always want to, to learn and do it better. And these manuals are sold on Amazon. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I'm so sorry because I know people, many people don't like it that way. But at the moment, these Kindle Direct Publishing, 
is the best way for a German to sell your manuals worldwide? I'm looking into other options always, but it is, I'm, I'm not a technician. <laughs> and uh, when I see uh, Noble Barnes and all the other services, sometimes they cost, they are not so easy to handle. I know it might be a pain to, to bring the money there, and, um, but you really get it printed where you are. So my manuals get not printed in Germany and being sent to the US, but they get printed in the US or in Australia, for example. Yeah? So I think it's a good thing that it exists and I'm happy to try to publish it elsewhere over time, but it is then again, at least a month's work to, to get it right on because it then- It's the most expedient probably with Amazon, so. but perhaps in the future they'll, there'll be a, a publishing company that wants to work with you. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be fantastic. And you deserve it. Thank you so much, Darian. That's very kind of you to say. You do deserve it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you, really, really. You're welcome. All Things Pilates is produced Written, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. This season, we have all original music by AKA Johnny. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, you have the opportunity to support it for as little as $3 a month. You'll see the link in the show notes and just know that every dollar helps me continue to bring you the most interesting guests in the Pilates community. Have you ever had an idea about developing a piece of equipment or designing a new logo or writing a meaningful blog or sharing your Pilates passion with an underserved segment of our society? If the only barrier is emanating from your mind, what would you do if that barrier suddenly disappeared? Well, why don't you find out and take the first step? After all, your Pilates trained feet are strong, right? Thanks so much for tuning in and meet you here in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates.